0: Hello, you're listening to Junk Live-ish. It is Saturday, October 16th, 2021. Typically during the regular weekly show, I would include things that I've watched, but this week I wanted to have a separate episode to talk about Halloween, specifically Halloween 1978, Halloween 2018, and Halloween Kills released this weekend in 2021. The hit slasher film spawned a series of sequels and timelines, Halloween 2018's sequel reboot is set only after the first movie and has created its own timeline compared to the first two sets of timelines i've been watching halloween movies since i was a kid and i was very excited recently to introduce my partner to the halloween movies so on wednesday night we watched halloween 1978 which was probably my 100th time seeing it on thursday we watched halloween 2018 which was actually the first time i had seen it at all And on Friday night, we went to see Halloween Kills. So I wanted to take just like 10, 15 minutes to kind of talk about these movies because they all range in various different things and capacities. The first one being Halloween 1978. Well, not the first slasher movie. uh, It is kind of the first big one. It's the one that really resonated with audiences and kicked off a lot of other slashers uh, and really led to... The evolution of things like Jason and Freddy and Chucky and Scream. We would not really have those movies in the way that we have them if it wasn't for Halloween 1978, which features Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis, Jamie Lee Curtis as Lori Strode, PJ Souls as Linda, Nancy Keys as Annie, Kyle Richards as Lindsay, Brian Andrews as Tommy, Charles Cyphers as Brackett, and Tony Moran as Michael Myers at age 23. We also got Nick Castle as The Shape. The film is set Halloween night, 1978, and features a babysitter taking care of her baby to sit. The baby she is sitting on, if you will, Tommy Doyle. Uh, After spending the day being stalked by the mysterious Michael Myers, she is eventually uh, tracked down. Several of her friends are killed and... Yeah, it's a movie that's been out forever. If you're listening to this episode, you know it's all about Halloween. You already know what that movie's about. I was really glad to finally sit down and watch Halloween 2018 because I had heard plenty of good things, and I've had it sitting on my shelf for a year now, just waiting for this Halloween to watch it. And the thing I loved about Halloween 2018 the most is that it really focuses in on what does a person who has been through what Laurie Strode went through what does that person look like 40 years later? They attempted to revisit this idea in H2O Halloween 20 years later in a way to kind of focus on that. And to a degree they do. They focus on Laurie's alcoholism, but for the most part, she leads a particularly normal life as an educator. She's the uh, the headmistress of a school. And so it feels just like another Halloween movie. The, the focus on character and, and the trauma there doesn't really make an impact, but... Halloween 2018 really hones in on that. It introduces Judy Greer as her adult daughter, Karen. It also introduces Andy Matichik as Allison, her granddaughter. We also get James Jude Courtney as The Shape, portraying Michael Myers brilliantly, as well as Halic Billinger as Dr. Sartan, Michael's current Dr. Loomis, and several other wonderful cast members. And the movie feels like a continuation of that first movie. It really does a good job of matching that tone matching that aesthetic and really playing with and exploring the kind of trauma that happens. It was a fantastic film. The the scenes where Lori and Michael are interacting feel iconic and and bigger than life and they fit right in comfortably with that franchise. The scenes with Judy and Andy interacting with the characters as their characters Karen and Allison are fantastic and show the various effects because in 2018 the the movie Introduces the idea that Karen was taken away from Lori at the age of 12. And because Jamie's character spends the majority of her childhood training Karen to be a killer, training her to survive, training her to be able to hunt down Michael Myers. uh, And obviously, you know, not really a great environment for a child to be growing up in. So she's taken away at a young age, but she still has that relationship with her mother. Whereas Allison doesn't, is not made privy to that knowledge. And so Allison has more respect and and love and affection for her grandmother uh, while her mother is trying to keep them kind of separated. And Laurie's entire character is built around the idea that he's coming back, he's going to come back, and I need to be ready I need my family to be ready. I need to be able to protect my family and myself. And Karen spends the majority of her life wanting her mother to be wrong. Uh, And to a degree, I think Lori would, would also want it to be wrong. But at the end of the day, she's proven right. Michael does come back 40 years later. He escapes from Spring Hill and starts just going on a rampage. The one thing that the newer movies do is they have such a high body count. I believe when I looked it up, it was about 30 kills in 2018. So yeah, it's it's a very different movie. There were five dead bodies in the first one, 30 in this one. I will say, though, I went in expecting it to be a bit more brutal. I had not watched it, and I figured with it being a more modern slasher film that it was going to be brutal. And don't get me wrong, there are some scenes that are gruesome. But I think a lot of the more brutal kills are kind of hidden away off screen. You hear noises. It gives you that sense of of mystery and, and um, curiosity. And you just see the aftermath. And then Halloween Kills came out. This movie fits right in with the original Halloween sequels. Uh, it is by no means a great exploration of the human psyche. The one thing that they really do hone in on is mob mentality and how that can affect you know if you're given the wrong information and you send that mob at someone what happens so obviously spoilers for halloween kills just putting that out here now the film features a plot in which there is a second escapee from the asylum there's prison bus of you know they're transferring these asylum um patients to another facility and this other one escapes And as the news is slowly revealed, we're introduced to the adult versions of Tommy and Lindsay from the original movie, as well as Nurse Marion. And so we're given these legacy characters who, you know, and this is all taking the same place the same night. Uh, The Halloween Kills is a direct continuation. It picks up right where the last one left off. So this is still Halloween night, 2018, 40 years later. And we're at a bar with these characters finding out after they just paid tribute to the victims of the first movie and and told their story to the younger generations in the town they are told hey michael's loose and tommy doyle leads the charge in gathering the townsfolk and saying hey we need to protect our our city our town we need to you know evil dies tonight and this is something that's appeared in the other movies this isn't a new concept To really, you know, have the fear that Michael is introducing to these people affect how they react and them accidentally uh, or intentionally killing another uh, civilian, another innocent. But it is such a large chunk of this movie. And another part of that is a large chunk of this takes place in Haddonfield's hospital, which, you know, Halloween 2 isn't canon, but (laughs) (laughs) it. It feels like it is with how much they focus in on the hospital uh, where Laurie is recovering from her injuries from Halloween 2018. And so Laurie herself isn't doing a whole lot in this movie. Um, You know, she has scenes with most of the characters. She has no interactions with Michael in this movie. Um, She's recovering from, from some pretty severe abdominal wounds. And so, you know, they don't really have her do a lot except kind of talk about what has happened in the first film uh, and the second film, both 78 and 2018. We're just referring to these three as the current trilogy. But they spend a lot of time focusing on that, and they also spend a lot of time having characters act completely, not completely differently, but just communicate differently. Uh, One of the big things, one of the big things the plot of Halloween Kills kind of depends on is the fact that Allison is kidnapped by uh, Dr. Sartan in the first movie, who has gone bonkers and has set Michael free, basically. He is he is trying to take in Michael's footsteps in some capacity and he wants to lead Michael because he is he believes there's some connection between Michael and Lori. And Allison's aware of that whole situation. Whereas Lori and Karen and some of the other characters are under the impression that, oh, Michael went t- to track down Lori because that's how she ended up at the house or he ended up at her house. And that's just not the case. And this movie spends so long telling us that Lori and Michael are not connected. And that it is Michael and Haddonfield's connection and that the townsfolk are the important part here. And it is so ham-fisted about it. We get some really great kills. These are a lot more brutal kills. You're seeing... I mean, in the first minutes of the movie, we get Michael taking out an entire squad of firemen that are responding to the house fire at Lori's uh, compound. And, I mean, it, it he's shoving the the crowbars and such through the helmets. hes He's really... It is really brutal and then later on we see him take a fluorescent light bulb like a long tube fluorescent light bulb out of a fixture and jam it in someone's throat so these these kills are a lot more gruesome which as a horror fan and as a fan of the franchise that's where it kind of feels like a halloween movie we're seeing michael do these brutal things and that's you know a lot of, oh, that's rough, and oh, that, that, like, oh man, that was, it was gross. Um, there's a lot of that. And it feels as though this movie was produced by entirely different people, but it wasn't. And part of me just feels like they really had something special with Halloween 2018. And in order to make it a new trilogy, they had to stretch it out because there are several points in this movie where they have Michael on the ground down for the count. Someone pick up the ax and make sure it's not a paramedic first off and second off cut off his head kind of thing. There are so many points in this movie, especially in the last third where it's like you have him. He is down. Get him Um, because he spends, I mean, he kills easily double the number of people in this movie. I don't have the exact count, But anytime Michael's on screen, he's about to kill someone. There are very few moments where he's just not about to kill someone. And the movie concludes really dissatisfyingly. And, like, it's a horror movie, and it's a Halloween movie, and, you know, it's supposed to be, uh, you know, there's the trauma there. But it ends with him killing almost all of the townsfolk that had him cornered. Um, And then somehow making his way back to... The Myers house, where you know the, the events of the third act started, um, makes his way there, sneaks upstairs, and kills Karen, who, in this movie, is given this weird, vague subplot of having this connection with Michael, or at least the the shape, the entity that is causing Michael to be the way he is. Um, there's a point where you know characters are talking about what Michael is, and and it focuses on Karen and. she's reacting to things and at the end of the movie she sees young michael in his clown costume up in the upstairs window staring out of judith's bedroom window and she makes her way upstairs to go there and look out the window for again some reason and michael appears behind her and kills her very similarly to judith's death in the first movie so it's it's a really it was a really weird choice it was really weird and they focused so much on grounding the character in 2018 a bit less supernatural, and the director keeps saying he's not supernatural. But I mean, Karen American Histories, his head on a flight of stairs, she stabs him with a pitchfork. Uh, Allison stabs him repeatedly in the stomach. He gets shot like six times by the uh, detective from the original movie or the sheriff from the original movie. So, like, clearly, there's something supernatural, and now they have to spend the next movie, Halloween Ends, which is slated to come out in 2022. They're slated to start filming in January explaining that in some capacity or dealing with it because if you know 60 odd people couldn't take on michael like then the question becomes okay are laurie and him connected to which it makes this entire movie feel like a moot point but one of the biggest positives for uh, halloween kills is they do spend a little bit of time revisiting 1978 and the events that happened directly after Halloween ends so at the end of Halloween 1978 we see you know Dr. Loomis comes out looks over the balcony and Michael's body is gone after having fallen down to the ground we pick up pretty much immediately after with Haddonfield police chasing him down and finding him at the Myers residence and it a the attention to detail is impeccable they focus in so heavily on getting every small detail about the Myers house as it was in 1978 uh, accurate. The One of the things that stood out to me the most was that they had in the first movie a gutter falls down and breaks the window and scares Brackett and Loomis and in this one it's there it's hanging there, the window's broken just as it was. Um, you know there's the dead dog that Michael was eating in the first movie so they really hone in and recreate that setup so well. And the other thing that they do really well is they do have some sort of um, CGI, deepfake, body double. I'm not exactly sure which method they went about doing it, but they recreate Dr. Loomis um, in near perfect detail. I think one of the things that benefited that is they either shot on film or they added a heavy film effect to make it look just like 1978's movie. And so the the voice and the, the appearance of Loomis, having just rewatched 1978, it was impressive to see them pulled off so well. Um, it felt very natural. The, the set pieces and, and the period uh, outfits for 1978 were accurate. So it was very like you could insert those scenes into that first movie and not bat an eye. So, yeah, it, it has that strong part to it. And again, if you're into horror movies for the action and for the big brutal kills, you're probably going to enjoy this movie a lot. If you weren't big into horror and you were just really thoroughly impressed by Halloween 2018 and you were looking forward to more of that really great character work and really great narrative and, and imagery and just, you know, talking about generational trauma and and PTSD, and, and stuff like that. Well, this movie does it a little bit. It does it in a much more hokey, trope-ridden way. And it's really disappointing to see. Will I be re-watching Halloween uh, Kills every year like I do regular Halloween? No. Will I be re-watching 2018 every year? You bet your ass. To me, that timeline ended at the end of Halloween uh, 2018. So, if you enjoyed halloween kills let me know what about it really stood out to you um if you're a bigger fan of halloween 2018 or even if you didn't like either of these new sequels if you only like the original or if you only like one of the original timelines let me know uh which one you prefer as always you can follow me at junk lobster on twitter and instagram to keep up with more nerd news stuff over the weekend and you can uh you know check me out this friday night skit uh, steel city improv theater in pittsburgh pa as part of dueling duos tickets uh, are available in the description we'll see what halloween ends look like in 2018 maybe i'll do another episode or maybe i'll just talk about it on the regular show but if you enjoyed having this extra bonus movie focused episode let me know if you want to see more of it thanks and bye